Hello and welcome to another marvellous episode of Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Baker. I'm Caelan Burrows. And we have just come from the cinema and we have seen Captain Marvel, yep. uh, the newest uh, film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Look, um, I think to start this off, we should probably just let everyone know, uh, number one, no spoilers. Right. right? There, right. Will, there will be a pause after the review. And then we'll do a spoiler section. Yeah, you'll know when it comes. Right. You'll know. Yeah. But also, I feel like we can't talk about this movie without talking about the controversy that's been surrounding yeah, the movie. And, that, right. and it's all true. Yeah, Wait, Sam what? Jackson does appear in blackface. Yeah, It's much younger blackface, but he does. Yeah. I, I don't think that's, that's the problem people have had with this film before they've seen it, Caitlin. I think this... Uh, Maybe you're reading the wrong articles, I think. I don't... Hmm. not sure. Well, what's the thing you heard? Uh, well, I heard that people were, you know, mad that, you know, Brie Larson had made statements about, oh. you know, white men don't need to see this film kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. So she, yeah, she made some comments and uh, to the effect of, like, I don't, I don't need reviews from white men, I feel right. like, of the film. So, yeah. fortunately for me and you, we're not men. Yeah, that's right. We're British. So, take that, yeah. haters. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know what all the controversy was. I don't know either. <laughs> Honestly, uh, you know, if you actually, you know, watch the interview, read the interview, uh, you know, her statements are, are very much taken out of context. Yeah. Uh, and it was really just to kind of fight back against some of the toxic fan, fanboyism, whatever it is. Uh, that is, has been rampant with or without her, her comments, really. Yeah. Um, but her comments just kind of added some fuel to the fire. So there's been a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not going to see this movie because Brie Larson doesn't want me to. And it's like, mate, that's not, first yeah. of all, that's not what she said. Nope. Um, but also you're doing yourself a disservice because it was good. I, honestly, it was a good film. I know, yeah. you know, there's that controversy and there's a lot of people that weren't excited by the trailer. Um, you know, there's a number of, uh, you know, other reviewers that have said, you know, it's not good and Brie Larson's boring and all these things. And, and honestly, I feel like we saw a different film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I don't know what in the world they're talking about. I don't either. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, let's just get into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so should we probably talk about, uh, direction? Yes. It had two directors, yeah? It did have two, and they've actually worked together on a number of projects. So it's uh, directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, mm-hmm. um, and they are also the writers as well. Oh. Um, so there's there's a couple of other names, but really it seems like they were kind of... Shortens up that discussion yeah, for us, right. doesn't it? Uh, it's very... I don't think we've done one where it's the writers and the directors, when there's like two of them, they all have the same hand. No, I don't think we have. Yeah. Um, so it's a first... Um, yeah, so they, they both wrote it. There's a couple of other writer names on it, but it looks like they were just kind of story input people. Uh, it looks like the main writers were also the directors. Um, you might not have heard their names, but they did direct a film called It's Kind of a Funny Story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Ryan Fleck actually directed a film called Mississippi Grind, uh, which stars my favorite, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Are you, are you going to say the name of the, the movie they directed together though? Oh, this one. What? Oh, just this one? No, they did. I, I just told you. Well, no, because you because you were like they directed, it and you were like it's actually it's a funny story. And then I thought you were going to tell a funny oh, story. Sorry, to I tell the name of the film should have been more specific. And I now forgot. I'm sure everyone here is waiting as well. Right, I forgot. Um, 
it's kind of a funny story is the name of the film that they directed. Okay, I've seen my mistake there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's yeah. kind of a funny story, yeah? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. I suppose. I mean, it's not for me because it makes me look like I'm a simple man and uh, far from it, ladies. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, I think they did a great job. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I think it's very, it's balanced. You know, they, you know, I think the thing about this film is, you know, this film is trying to cover a lot of ground, right? Cause it's not just an origin story. You know, it's, t it's an origin story for Captain Marvel, but it's also kind of an origin story for Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and the Kree and the scroll. I mean, there's a whole universe that they're basically creating, um, that they've got to do all in a very short period of time. So, they're, they're trying to unpack a lot, and I think they handled all of it pretty well with a lot of balance. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like everything else in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've had to take some liberties with the source material to make it work for this medium. But I feel like everything's treated with like an appropriate amount of uh, reverence. You know, sure. it's it, it's handled carefully, and um, yeah, it's it's rather enjoyable, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did a good job in, in taking so many elements, um, you know, and especially because this film is coming in so late in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, as they're doing a backstory, they are required to kind of keep things intact, right? You know what I mean? There's a lot of story that's already been done that's already a part of this universe. Keep all that, yeah. And they've got to keep all of that while also furthering the story, while also telling a backstory, and then also creating a new one. It's a lot to balance, and I think they do a very good job in doing that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, cast, of right. course. Um, so let's start with the star, obviously, and that yeah. would be the cat. Yes. Um, yeah. Rather enjoyable. Yeah, Goose, good on you, mate. I, you know, I love cats, and uh, I had no idea they were so good. Honestly, yeah. the the cat was the uh, the BB-8. Yes, <laughs> of Captain Marvel. A hundred percent. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um. No. So obviously, uh, the star of the film, Brie Larson. Um. Honestly, if you have heard that she's boring, and you've heard that she's got no emotion, and that she doesn't know what she's doing, uh, you heard wrong. Uh. Or you watched a different film, like we said up top. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it did, I didn't. I only watched one review before I saw this film, and that reviewer said that she was sort of flat, and so I went in, sort of expecting her to be flat. Yeah, and right, same. That moment never came for me. No, honestly, I was watching it, waiting for the moment where she would get boring to watch, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that, that's what they're talking about." And it honestly never happened for me. I found it to be very enjoyable. I found it to be very likable. Um, she's funny. She's kind of cheeky. Uh, her other co-star, Samuel L. Jackson, they have great banter. And when yeah. they kind of do this little buddy cop thing uh, with them meeting for the first time and kind of trying to unravel the whole story together, um, it's great. They have fantastic chemistry. Yeah, the two of them together were, were really, really good. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a highlight for them. When they're, when they're together, they're actually better together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but yeah, I never felt this emotionalist, boring, you know, kind of uninterested character at all. I thought she did great and yeah. I I very much enjoyed her performance. Yeah, she was uh, she was funny and, and and ferocious when she needed to be. <laughs> she had the the emotion when she needed it, you know. Yeah. And I mean this film it, it's not that we're not dealing with like the death of Batman's parents or anything right. like that, you know what I mean? So right. it it doesn't necessarily 
you know, run the full spectrum of all emotions, but I feel like any time that she needed to hit an emotional state, she did it. Yeah, you know, I agree. And, and convincingly. Yeah, so, I, I agree. I very much agree, and I think she understands what it means to have an origin story, to discover who you are, and, you know, then discover your powers, and all that kind of thing. I think, I thought she hit all the notes that you would want in a hero that you would want to root for. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know where all of this... You know, mix up is with uh, with her. So um, yeah, like we mentioned, Samuel Jackson uh, de-aged, um, which I actually just think he grew out his hair and then walked onto the set. I don't know. Uh, they, they did some <laughs> they did some good work, but I guess we'll yeah we'll cover that in a little bit. Uh, so another standout for me is uh, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who I believe we have done in uh, numerous other films that we've seen we just recently, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah, he he is this guy that shows up in everything uh, and tends to kind of be the same person in everything. Yeah. Uh, and this role for him, I likened to uh, when um, Andy Serkis shows up in Black Panther and you watch him and you're like, oh my God, that man can have fun. And you just, he's so much fun, even though he's a villain and you're not supposed to root for him. You're just like, I like this guy. Yeah, he, he needs to do more of this. He, he steals the scene yeah. like a lot. He really does. And it's, uh. He upstages the cat. He does. Which is hard to do. Um, but no, he's, he's fantastic in this. He, he dons kind of a different accent this time. Um, you know, you know, he, he is a villain, but you know, when he starts out, it's, I don't know, there's just something freeing about him. He doesn't feel like a lot of the other roles that we've seen him in, you know, like Rogue One, Robin Hood. Uh, I don't know. You can name any of the other ones. He well, just feels very a, a different. Lot, a lot of the other films you've seen him in, his character is always a middle manager of sorts. Right. For, right. For, we mentioned that last time. For, for Evil Inc. <laughs> right. And so this time he feels he's more in charge, and I, I think it works for him. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. I think um, so too. We've got we've also got Jude Law. Right. Um, and he uh he's he Jude Law's it up. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Not really much else. It's. You know, I, I, he is one of those characters that I feel like is not given a lot to do. Um, he's integral to the story. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but he, because they're trying to, you know, create so many moving parts, it's very difficult to give him yeah. the amount of screen time that you would yeah, necessarily not, want. Not, not a lot of screen time is right. what it is. But well, when he's there, he does, he does well with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's fine. Uh, what's see, we've got, um, we've got Annette Benning as Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Also not a lot of screen time, yep. but, uh, she she did some things that surprised me yes, too. She did. Yes, she did. That were were enjoyable. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I forget. You know, because especially lately, I haven't seen her do a whole right. lot of things. Uh, but I forget how good she is. Yeah. And even in just such a small role. Right. And you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. So, and it's it's interesting because you know she plays this supreme intelligence, which is basically like the artificial intelligence of all Kree. They they kind of they're the head of all Kree. And, uh, you know, she appears as the face of this, uh, to Captain Marvel and she brings life to AI. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty great. She's, she's very good. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, Clark Gregg makes his appearance in this. Yeah, it's more of a cameo, really. But yeah, most of these other people, like, if you know Gemma Chan, um, from, you know, humans and a couple of other things, but she's honestly unrecognizable. Yeah. Uh, in this as no, a, as a look, Kree. Look, most, I, I don't even think we need to talk about anyone else. No, I, I think you're that's not, it. You're not really going to notice. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, we, of course, Clark Gregg, you would just know because he was Agent Coulson. Yeah. Uh, Lee Pace. Uh, Does has, make an appearance. Has, right. has a bit of a cameo as, yep. as Ronan, yep. the accuser. 
Very, yeah. very little accusing. Yeah, again, again, not not as much. Yeah, not as much. much. I don't know where he got his name. Yeah, I think we need an orange story that, for him. We should call him Ronin the Hot-Headed Attacker is what they should yeah. call him. Yeah, Ronin the All-In. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, everyone does well. Yeah. Um. So I guess, you know, as a movie, special yes. effects, action, story, that sort of thing. Right. Um. Yeah, I guess you, you already sort of mentioned it. Um. The de-aging they do, so they do it a bit on Clark Gregg, and then they do it on, on Samuel Jackson, and it is, it's a little more noticeable on Clark Gregg, but Samuel Jackson, you're just like, he he looks like young Samuel Jackson. Yeah, it, it's honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't notice it once with, uh, with Samuel Jackson, not mm-hmm. once, and he, he gets a lot of screen time, because, you know, he's yeah. kind of moving through the film with Captain Marvel. And I honestly, I was just like, I don't know what they did, uh, because yeah. it looks like he just grew hair and walked onto the set. Like yeah. it is. I don't know if they got phenomenal. the same makeup person that did Kurt Russell for uh, Guardians Two. <laughs> yeah, remember that was a combination of makeup and computer, right. and that that looked phenomenal. Yeah, and so yeah. It, I feel like they must have done some similar trick here. Yeah, they yeah. are. It, it is scary how good uh, Disney Marvel is getting with this whole de aging process. It's. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, the, those kinds of special effects are very subtle, uh, and they're done very very well. Um, honestly, I, I think all of the makeup and and you know the yeah. blends, all the Cree, all the scroll changing oh, back yeah. and forth. I, I thought all Pract- of that was great. All practical effects too. Yeah, know, the makeup for the for yeah. the Cree. Yeah, or the no the scrolls. Sorry. Scrolls. The, yeah, yeah, the makeup for the scrolls was very very good. Um, I will say uh, overall, I thought the digital effects were very strong. There are some. Some parts I feel like when Captain Marvel's doing the whole Captain Marvel thing, mm-hmm. well, they felt a little computery. There's a bit of that. Me. There's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, in, especially like near the end, but for the most part, I think everything looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and, and again, paying you know, attention, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Right. You know. You know who you are. I don't think they can hear. They, me. I don't think they can either. Uh, well, that's fine. No, we'll talk, we'll do it louder yeah. next time. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great example of what happens when, and I think we've said this in numerous films that we've reviewed where they go way too heavy on the special effects and they just disregard practical effects. And this is one of those instances where, sure, sometimes they lean a little too heavy on it. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of a space opera. So, you know, what, you're not going to film in space yet. Um, so yeah, I think they do a good job in blending those practical effects and, and, yeah. you know, yeah, there's obviously so. some scenes that are all, that are completely yeah, digital. Yeah, right. Right. It's um, basically an energy bomb. Yeah. You've got to... and, and those, are, and again, not, not all of them, but some of those are the ones that I feel have that bit of an artificial look yeah, to them. Right. But, uh, they're still, you know, years ahead of Cyborg. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. and then action. Action. Yeah. Um, I feel it had an appropriate amount. Yeah. It wasn't act, It wasn't overly action-heavy. No, I didn't like think that. so. I think people were kind of expecting that. I think they, they get the feeling that it's supposed to be just constant action. Um, but I thought all the action set pieces were fine. Yeah. I thought they were perfect for what you needed. I didn't feel let down at all. Um, I, you know, I thought everything had, you know, stakes in, in, the, in the story that we're watching. Um... You can hear that, by the way. You'll have to excuse me. I had some burritos yeah. earlier in yeah. the day. I don't know why you would eat a burrito and then immediately eat an entire thing of popcorn, but hey, to each his own, eh? Well, because I feel like putting them together is sort of disgusting. That is that is true. I don't think we need a burrito popcorn. That yeah. actually sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You should eat those separately. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a good point. Anyway, sorry. Action. Continue. Right. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, but I thought, uh, I thought it was all, all fine. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Anywho. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was good. Um, you know, the, the story and, and pacing and all that, I felt, I'd, it, it's, it has an over two hour runtime, I feel. Does it? I think so. It didn't feel like that. Like, I think just, just over, over two, two hours. And it didn't feel super yeah. long. Well, there's, I, I will say this, and, and some of this is just, like I said, there's so many elements they're trying to fit into this movie. Um, there, there are a few moments where I felt like it dragged a little bit. Um, but they, it, it was never to the point where I thought, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. There was, there was never that. There was never mm. a point where I wanted to give up and not kind of finish where it was going. I think there's, there are, there's a few lulls here and there. But overall, honestly, I thought it was a very interesting story, and I'm, uh, to me, it's a good way for us to kind of look forward to for what's to come. Yeah, um, I, I will say the music, not the score, but the uh, the soundtrack, yeah. felt a little off to me because it's yeah. you know when the movie's supposed to take place, uh, it was the nineties, right? Ninety five. Yeah. Right. So they they try to incorporate all this. 90s music into the film yeah um but it never comes across as naturally as it does it, in like guardians right yeah there's there's something very natural about the way guardians kind of incorporates its soundtrack and this one never really felt that way yeah it feels a little ham-fisted it does it does and i think i think some of that is because ju- it yes the film takes place in the 90s but it's not a 90s film you know what i mean yeah. it, it goes so far beyond the era that it's in and aside from a few, you know, kind of tiny hat nods of, hey, we're in the 90s, um, it doesn't feel integral to, it, it, honestly, it could have taken place at any time if it, it needed to be. Exactly, so, and the music feels like, it feels like they were forcing it in, you know, yeah. for that right. fact. And, and uh, but I, I understand if they're somewhere and there's something playing in the background, but it felt like there's too many times yeah. where somebody was intentionally listening to a popular song <laughs> right. at the time. And then there's a couple of times where the music happens inexplicably. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, why? Yeah, it's a bit jarring. You know, so, I, I'll admit it. It's, it's a bit yeah. jarring. And I, I like all of those songs. Yeah, I just, it just it I felt, felt like weird. they never really lined up with uh, what it, was happening. It felt yeah. off. Yeah, yeah I know? agree. I agree. So, um, also, there are there are two end credit scenes. We're not going to yes. obviously talk about them yet, right, but so just in case you are wondering whether you should stay or not, uh, yeah, stay. Yeah. So, shall we? Uh, I think we shall. Shall we rate it? Yeah. Um, I am going to give this. Um, I'm going to think on that. I'm going to give it. You know what? I really enjoyed myself. I honestly thought I was going to rate it a little bit lower. Um, but I'm not. I'm gonna give this four to five awesome cat claws. Um, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when you see the film. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm gonna give it. I, I thought the film was very, very enjoyable, albeit from perfect, of course. Yeah. But it, it's a good film and I had fun. And honestly, I would go see it again and enjoy myself. So, uh, I am, I'm going a little bit higher. Okay. Cause again, I did enjoy it, uh, a lot. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And also, it just, Really gets me excited for Endgame. You oh know? my god! Just, uh, all of it coming uh, together, right? I just wish they would just be released at the same yeah, time. I just, yeah. I'll do a double feature. I don't care. There's little, there's little bits and and bobs and, and odds and ends throughout the scattered throughout this yeah. film that tie into everything else, and you just, you know, you you just really getting excited yeah. for that moment. Yeah. And uh, but you know, the movie does stand alone uh, as as a good film. So I'm giving it four point two five 
destroyed blockbuster videos <laughs> out of five. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, is it, is it time? I, I think so. It's that time. Are you ready? Spoil the dance to spoil the dance. Spoil the dance to spoil the dance. Spoil the dance. That's right. It's spoiler time, there everyone. There it is. That's so right. If you don't want to be spoiled, then wait. No, we're not going to spoil you. Wait, no, no. Spoil. If you don't want the film yeah, spoiled for you, that's what it is. That's what it is. Then, yeah. then you should probably go. Right. You know? Right. Or stick around if you don't. You know. Yeah. Care. We'll wait while you make up your mind. Yeah. How do we know? I don't know. I think they've had enough. Time. I think, yeah, we'll we just, we'll, we'll yeah, just continue yeah, on. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. So, yes. Who would have thought that the cat was Nick Fury's father? <laughs> honestly, the way those two had their relationship, I honestly Everything. would not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, mate, look, the cat could have been, it's not, but it could have been a scroll. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it could I, have been Nick Fury's father. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the minute they, the minute the cat became something important to the story, I was like, that thing is not a cat. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it's not going to turn out well, to be a cat. And and the movie's not bashful about everyone being like, that's not a cat. Yeah, but it's always acting like a cat until right. it doesn't, and then yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I guess they were right. Yeah, and it's it's great. And and again, this is one of those things that Ben Mendelsohn does really well uh, because he sees the cat for the first time. And it freaks him out, and he's like, "It's not a cat," and he calls it something. I don't remember what it was yeah. called. It's like a furling or something like that. A, I don't know. Who knows? But he calls it something because he can see what it is, and it's not a cat. Uh, and he and there's this great kind of just always back and forth where you know Samuel Jackson is in love with this thing, and Ben Mendelsohn is like, "Please don't bring that around." And it's very funny, and it's done very very well. Um, yeah. So yeah. and it's a it's a. A plot device of sorts, yeah. You know, it, mm. yeah, it's cute and funny and and stuff like that. But it it uh, it serves a purpose, right? So we, we can do that. It's spoilers. We can tell yeah, them what happens exactly. So um, yeah, uh, but maybe we should go in order. All right, let's yeah. do that. Uh, well, for, I mean, first and foremost, the fact that Ben Mendelsohn is not the actual villain yes. of the piece. Oh my was gosh! A breath of fresh air. Oh. Again, it is it is Andy Serkis in Black Panther. You just you love him. Yeah. You absolutely love him. Yeah. And you know he starts off as a villain. He does. He's that. That's the perception that we get. Yeah. And you know he he kind of goes through this change. Um, and then once he becomes you know kind of the good guy. Uh, that's you know actually on the on the right side of history, if you were. Yeah. Uh, he just becomes so much fun. His his banter with yeah. everybody is fantastic. Um, yeah, he's he's such a great character. Even even has a bit of fun before we actually know him as a good guy, when he actually shows up to to give the exposition about what's yes. happened to his people. <laughs> right, that is a very funny scene. And yeah. at that point, we still think he's bad. Right, <laughs> and then yeah, and even once because he's always a bad guy. This guy never plays anything except a villain. Yeah. So even when he makes the switch. The back of your brains go, no, he's going to turn on him. Right. No, he's going to turn right. on him. He's in cahoots yeah. with the Cree. And it, <laughs> and it never happens. Yeah, no, and actually he becomes even more endearing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you, you kind of find out that everything he's doing is actually to get back to his family, uh, who have been hidden, uh, just off of Earth, um, because the Cree are basically on a bloodlust mission, uh, to, to wipe the scrolls out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it turns out that they're not actually you know, involved in, you know, the war, they're just trying to survive. 
and you know they didn't want to live under Cree rule, and so Cree was like, "All right, well, let's wipe him out." And you can kind of see where Ronan gets his uh, gets his hammer of uh, authority over there because he wastes not what not when it comes yeah. to finding someone. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of his his team. Yeah, but they just go in and destroy everything. That's, that's it. their job. Yeah. And uh, and when we first see him in his little hologram projection, I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to be in here. Yeah. And then, you know, they call him in at the end. It's, a, it's very brief, but, right. you know, we get to see how they handle their business. And it yes. is not swinging a hammer about. No, no it is not. <laughs> They'd have done that to the Guardians. They wouldn't have made it out. No. <laughs> yeah. I like he changed his tactics up a bit. Not sure he had that kind of firepower. In that, and maybe not. <laughs> or maybe he did. I have no idea, because the ship he has in Guardians is infinitely bigger than the ships he had that in this. Is, that is true. And he's, I'm pretty sure he's in a different place, though, in, in Guardians. I don't I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But I feel like the he's Kree... not an agent of the Kree Empire No, anymore, and he? I feel like the Kree changes quite a bit from, from then to now. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it, when, we, when we see the Kree in this, it seems as if this artificial intelligence that they've created is its commander. That's that's what's leading all of yeah. the Kree. And then when we meet them in Guardians quite a few years later, it seems as if they actually have real people that are now kind of running all of the Kree empires and they've got some factions that have split, like Ronin, who's not really a part of them anymore. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a huge history of things that have happened there. Um, and we don't get into all that in this, but just kind of putting some pieces yeah. together, it seems like also, that's it. Also, uh, you know, some, some Kree are blue, some are Jude Law. It's weird. What, what's it's, I don't know. Some don't are know. some are. Uh, what's his name? I don't even know how to pronounce his name. From Guardians. Who? Oh, yeah, that that guy. The, yeah, you can't say the black guy. But, no, but he is. But he is. But he is. Yeah, uh, I don't even think I could say his real name. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's he's not blue either. He's black. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jude Law's white. So together they're ebony and ivory. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone else is blue. It doesn't. I, it, it doesn't make I sense. I don't know how it all yeah. works. They, and they honest. don't ever explain it. No. It's, it's the one thing they don't really explain. And I will say this: the motivations of kind of the Cree in general and how they all work, I don't think is really explained. To as my, I, I feel no, like I kind of put the pieces together myself. But it's yeah, you get the sense that they're just blindly following. You know, centuries of war. Right. And they're just sort of blindly following this hatred. And I understand that. We, you know, you've seen one war movie, you've seen them all. Sure. So I guess it doesn't need that much exposition. Yeah. But you're right. It's not there. Right. So. Right. And it does, it does kind of require you to do some work on your own, um, and take into account what you already know about the Cree. And this film, uh, to me, this film feels very different than a lot. I, I know it follows a lot of the Marvel tropes, right? But it feels like there's not a place for it, which, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that as a disservice to the film. It it does not feel as um, marvelly. I don't know. It, I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? It's it feels very different because it's dealing with very different things. Um, the character is very different. The mm. origin of who she is is very different. Um, you know, the Cree, the scroll, the the space, all of these. You know, big things, um, it, despite being very connected to the universe, it just feels like a different film. And to me, I, that's actually yeah. refreshing. Yeah, I see that. Um, uh, you know, uh, there, 
I did like how they handled her getting her powers. I did like that and, too. And that was one of those things where early on there's the the device that's on her neck and the intelligence is like, oh, what, what we give, we can take away. From the moment I saw that thing, I was like, oh, no, they're, they're inhibiting the power. Yeah. I was like, they're not giving it. Right. Eventually, that's coming off. Yeah. And, uh, and she's going to open a can of, you know, yeah. unadulterated whoop-ass, if right. you will. <laughs> there's, there's a number of those types of things where, uh, to me, the only turn uh, that I didn't call was Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, and, you know, him as Talos kind of turning yeah. out to be a good guy. Uh, and honestly, good on you for casting Ben Mendelsohn there, because anybody else in that character, I think we would yeah. have been like, oh, yeah, I called it. But because it's Ben Mendelsohn, you're like, nope, there's no way. He's yeah. bad through and through. Yeah, you you immediately <laughs> believe that he is bad. Yeah. And the fact that he gets to be himself at one point. Oh, so good. Apparently, Fury's boss is actually Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. And that's who he... Yeah. he shapeshifts to look like him so he gets to wear his own face yeah you know doing the uh the the, the, the j-law thing from right from x-men is mystique yeah know? it's it's pretty great yeah. um uh i'm trying to think of uh what else to well, so, I mean, obviously you, you've already seen it you know but the way she gets the power so it turns out that uh the reason that she sees uh, Annette Bennings, you know, as the supreme intelligence, it's always someone that's important to you. Right. The way they it's who you look up to it. the most or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And turns out that this was uh, someone that she knew that was a scientist who was working on some experimental stuff. Uh, and, you know, because she doesn't have any of her memory, so she doesn't remember all this. But when she finally gets it all back, and we get to see the flashback of, of what was going on, and we f- it turns out that Annette Bennings was actually a Cree. Yeah. And that she was trying to help the scrolls find a new home with this energy source that she she made. And they get attacked by Jude Law. Uh, and then, you know, she wants to stop the Kree from getting the device. So Annette Benning's going to blow it up, but she gets killed. And so then, of course, Carol Danvers blows it up and all the energy gets absorbed into her. And then she is now Superman. Yeah, pretty much. So there you go. Yeah. It's just basically a walking tesseract. It's... Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking though. I was like, so wait, if if Annette Benning had shot it, would they both have the powers? Would it be like Wonder Twins activate and then you <laughs> now know? we get two Captain yeah. Marvels? Well, not quite as strong as one. But, yeah, right. But together, they, yeah, with their powers combined, they do the they do the uh, Dragon Ball dance thing <laughs> and they fuse. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you know, so that, I actually thought that was a very clever way, and, and I liked how, uh, I liked how they placed it, um, because for most of it, you know, sure, you're under the illusion that they gave this to her, that she's, you know, the Kree are the, the benevolent ones that came in and gave her these wonderful powers, um, and then, you know, obviously, as the story starts to unfold, you start to realize that, yeah, there's clearly some shady things going on, and that's not really the case, and like you said, you know, once you see the thing, you're like, yeah, there's no way that's helping yeah. her. But also, like, every other member of the team is reliant on weapons and technology. And she's right. the one that actually, she turns into the immortal Iron Fist. <laughs> but and, actually does. Yeah, you know, yeah. but likable. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and you're like, no, there's something off there. Like, right. So as much as they try to cram it down your throat, you, you know from the start yeah. that there's more to her than any yeah. of them. Right, you know, yeah. So, um, so I do want to highlight two things that revolve around Nick Fury. Uh, one I liked, and the other 
I hate. <laughs> and since this is the spoiler section, this is where this goes. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing is how he lost his eye. Right? Yeah. Uh, which, uh, so he's got this loving relationship with this cat that's actually a crazy alien that can basically eat people and eats the tesseract, uh, on it. So he's got this loving relationship with it. And like any cat, as much as you love it, it will always find a way to hate you. So in typical cat fashion, he's loving this cat and it's purring. And then it just decides, I don't love you anymore and just scratches his eye. Uh, and, you know, of course, Nick Fury's like, oh, it's fine, I'm fine. And then Ben Mendelsohn has this great moment where he's like, no. <laughs> so that's very funny. And I, it's, yes, it's ridiculous. But to me, in the context of it, it's, it makes sense. Cause honestly, you're meeting Nick Fury as kind of a nobody. Yeah. And, you know, there's even a great moment where Coulson comes in after everything is over and he's like, oh, did you really lose your eye because you refused to give the Cree info? And, and now we get to be in on this kind of joke. And we're like, ah, no, he didn't. He just loves cats too much. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was fine. I, that didn't bother me, actually. Yeah. It's a... Uh... And they they actually tease you a couple of times throughout the film yes. too, yes, where he gets do. his eye injured early, and then how's your eye? Oh, it's fine. You know, yeah. you're like, well, oh, he didn't lose it. Okay, yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right, no. And from the minute you see him pick up this cat, you know that's the thing that takes out his eye. It doesn't take a genius to know that that I, thing is going to do it. I actually forgot that he was supposed to lose his eye by the end of the really. Film. So when it because it's pretty late when it happens, so when it finally does, I was like, oh yeah, that's supposed to happen, <laughs> right? Uh, so there's that, uh, which I loved, and I thought that was very funny. Yeah. And then there's this one, which made me very yeah. reminiscent of Solo. Yeah. And it, his singing. Yeah, oh, no, that was lovely. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. No, I never thought I wanted to hear him uh, sing Mr. Postman. Yeah. Uh, but now I need an entire album of Samuel Jackson as yeah. Nick Fury. Is it on iTunes? Singing old Motown hits. That's what I need in my life. Um, no, so... Uh, when we meet Nick Fury after, you know, the Hawaii thing and, uh, you know, Carol, uh, you know, Captain Marvel has gone off to help the Skrulls. That's why she's not on Earth anymore. Yep. Um, and, you know, they, they tie in the whole pager and all of that. So he's sitting at his desk and he's writing the Protectors Initiative, right? Uh, which is obviously a lead in for the Avengers Initiative. And after his banter with Coulson, he looks at a picture of Captain Marvel back when she was Carol yeah, Danvers. From a file. From a file. And it shows that her pilot name was Carol yeah. Avengers. The call sign was Avenger. Avenger Davin. And then he goes, ah. Yeah, and then he doogie houses it. Yeah, and, and deletes it. And I was like, nope, that yep. is stupid. Absolutely stupid. Uh, and now it's canon, so it can't be undone. Yep. Um, but it's dumb. It it very much was reminiscent of the whole, oh, you're alone. I'm going to call you Han Solo. Right. Uh, that's what it felt like to me, and I hated it. I absolutely, it was the one thing in the film where I was like, no, nope, take that back. Just delete that. Yeah, it was, uh, that was probably the, the heaviest of the references to anything else, whether other canon and the fact that they did that, it was very ham-fisted. And it's, if there's one groaning moment in yeah. the film, I agree, that would be it. Yeah. Uh, it does happen, like, right at the end. Yeah, it's the, the very end of the film. Yeah, uh, it's right before the credits start, right? Yeah. Because that's not the, the, the mid-credit scene is the actual Avengers Endgame tie-in. Yes. That's where we actually get yes. to see them 
they've found they found Fury's pager and they've been activating it. And right. Then, boom, she shows up and like, where's Fury? And you're like, oh, I may cannot oh, get here fast so enough. So great. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good time. I'm not going to lie, the, the, the end credit scene, I, you know, didn't need it. It's fine. I, I knew that the cat alien was going to give the Tesseract back at some point. That's how they have it at the start of Avengers. Right. Um, so I didn't need to see the cat coughing up a hairball that turns right. out to be the, the Tesseract. <laughs> the Tesseract, yeah. It was, that felt, and I know they like to do those little funny jabs at the end, but that one sort of fell flat for me. Yeah, and I think some of that is just because of the expectation of Endgame and the weight of that coming. Uh, it's just, it's so much that those little quip was like, yeah, I don't need this. I've got all yeah. the excitement that I need in a film. Well, so. and it was sort of, because I feel like Ant-Man and Wasp did the same thing, where it was like the, the mid-credit was everyone else vanishing and Scott Lang getting trapped in quantum in the quantum realm. Right. And then we cut to the scene at the end of the, the ant, ant playing, playing the, the drum. drum still. Right. And it's like, that was, uh, why did you just waste my time? Yeah, I didn't need to and, wait for and that. this felt similar yeah. in that moment. I agree. I yeah. agree. Very much the same. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, again, I, I supremely enjoyed this film. All I really the people did. I really that did. have just been saying it's sort of average. I, I didn't feel that. And oh, look, you might feel that way. It was everything subjective, sure. right? So, yeah. you know, we encourage you to see it yourself, make your own judgments. But I've, I thought it was very, very good. Yeah. I had a good time. I, it was fun. Uh, you know, I thought the action, the story, everything about it was very interesting. I, again, this hatred for Brie Larson, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me because I thought she hit all the emotional notes that we need. And she was very fun to watch. And she's a hero that I can root for. And I'm excited to see that character show up in the in-game and interact with these other characters. I think she'll be a perfect fit uh, for, you know, what what's to come. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, this has been Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Baker. I'm Caelan Burrows. And we will see you after the next film. Uh-huh.